Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. Uh, it is trade deadline day. It is February 9th, 10.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I didn't want to do it, but we got to do it uh, to help me talk all things NBA trade deadline. Muhammad Mehdi is back. Muhammad, what is going on, man? What's going on, man? It's been a while, uh, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, excited to talk NBA trade deadline. Absolutely. This is your first official uh, Hoops podcast on the Simon Short Podcast, isn't it? That's right. We've, I've done we've, a football one and then some NFL, all the fandom. All the fandom. And by the way, everybody, in a couple of weeks, Ant-Man Quantumadia, uh, Muhammad will be back and we will dive all the way into the multiverse for that one. Let me just start with a little rant here, guys. We are talking about the trade deadline. I have been very frustrated for about the last 20 Two hours, I would say, all the way back until about 1.30 a.m. on February 9th when the Kevin Durant deal got uh, got announced. Because obviously, uh, if you're listening to this episode on this feed, you know just this morning we dropped a normal Thursday morning episode of the Simon Short podcast that is NFL-related. It is Super Bowl-related. It's a great deep dive into the cap, into quarterback contracts. Uh, kind of previewing, utilizing the Jalen Hurts rookie deal and Patrick Mahomes mega deal to kind of talk Super Bowl and talk uh, NFL trends with Benjamin Parker. So if you haven't already checked that out, please definitely do. Because after I do this podcast here tonight, I'm not thinking about the NBA for three days because it is Super Bowl week. Uh, as you know, if you've been listening, we've been hitting NFL hard all season long. Very, very excited for the Super Bowl. But this trade deadline, while there was a lot of fun stuff going on today, obviously highlighted by Kevin Durant, and this is a top 15 player of all time, guys, and these guys just do not get traded. I mean, I think really the last one, obviously LeBron James has switched teams. Other guys have switched teams over the last you know decade or so, but I think the last one that really got traded, it was probably Shaq from the Lakers to the Heat, right? And then, you know, obviously you have some guys who are all NBA type guys and, and, you know, maybe top five to 10 guys at the time that they were in the league. But this is an all time great player shifting from a, a team that is now completely decimated to a team that's now a title contender. So we have to do this podcast. We're going to try and keep it short and sweet, but we're talking Suns Nets first um, to, to get the details on that. We have, Kevin Durant and TJ Warren going from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns for forwards Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, who then got rerouted to Milwaukee. Four unprotected first-round picks and one pick swap, I believe, in 2028. Muhammad, take us through when you found out about the trade. Were you like most of the world and you woke up to the news on your phone? Were you awake like me and all the crazy people at that time, at least on the East Coast. Um, and, and what were your first thoughts when when you saw whatever, or when you saw the trade, whenever you saw it? Yeah, uh, so my bedtime is a prompt 9.30 usually. <laughs> so I was fast asleep um, and had no idea that something like this would happen. I remember he hearing and reading that um, Kevin Durant is kind of off the table, blah, 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 and that he is pretty much stuck in Brooklyn. And I was like, that kind of sucks. But then I woke up and I was like, <laughs> I'm kind of hyped for him now. Um, and I think yeah. that my immediate reaction was like, I think that they're an immediate title contender now. Like, I think that pushed them uh, to the top of the West, um, at least in, in terms of uh, projections. Mm. Um, yeah, dude, I think it's a complete shift. Like, if you look at the Western Conference right now, there's before this trade, there wasn't, you know, the the Nuggets were up there, but you know, I, I think they're they're beatable. Grizzlies um, mm -hmm. were kind of falling apart. Um, they could probably make it bounce back, but outside of those two teams, pretty much three through, I mean, the, the Kings. I don't want to discount them. Light the beam. Light the but, beam. Like <laughs> uh, you know, nobody's really scared of them. So I think you know, four through thirteen is really kind of up in the mud. So I think. The Suns making this move now um, boosts them um, and, and boosts their title odds uh, immediately. And I think just overall, you know, we I think we as an NBA collective or fan base don't really like super teams. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm excited to see Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, even though 
CP3 is a little bit old. Um, I think he still has the the smarts, um, and I think it takes a lot of pressure off of him too um, to be that scorer when he can just be a pure um, uh, playmaker uh, and play along Devin Booker. And then they also kept Aiton. I don't know how they did it, but they kept yes. Aiton. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the the Suns really works the magic, and you know I think the what they gave up is is uh, minimal in comparison to what they got. There's there's so freaking much to unpack here, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, your point about Aiton is huge because I thought it was my like 1.30 a.m., you know, dreary-eyed, kind of not being able to focus on everything. And I was like, I don't see Aiton's name. I'm sure it's going to like be the next tweet or something. And I went to bed right. and woke up, read through all the tweets again. And yeah, Aiton's not in the trade. And I'm just in shock because you would just assume, right, any young asset. And it was why on Sunday afternoon when when Kevin Smith and I got on and did our emergency Kyrie trade podcast, we ultimately decided that this trade wasn't going to happen. We we looked at it and we said, okay, well, Kevin Durant's officially gone now. He's, he's not sticking around past the summer. Um, and, and we thought about the trade and we talked about it. We, we mentioned the Suns specifically – and we we're like, it's just going to take too much. It's going to gut 50% of their rotation. And at the trade deadline, you're just not going to have time to kind of recoup that and build a rotation back up. So they'll wait till the summer when they can, uh, you know, sign some other guys and, and see what veterans are out there, see what second round picks they can draft, stuff like that. But to keep Aiton and have this team that's very perimeter based, you've got your guards, you've got a forward. Um, and, and you still keep your center for when you do have to play the Nuggets, right? Or or um, the Lakers eventually, potentially with Anthony Davis or Sacramento, who you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 just incredible. I can't I can't believe it. I just I really can't believe it. Now we we kind of knew that there was just a few teams in the off season um, that were interested in Aiden, but still, I would have expected from a asset standpoint he just would have had to have been in trade and even if brooklyn didn't love him they could reroute him elsewhere in terms of what phoenix gave up i was seeing a lot of action on twitter today about oh wow the nets won this trade <laughs> and that just that blew my mind now i get it they they got a good haul for what they had to do right superstar trade under duress last minute notice basically and I know the reports have kind of come out that once Kyrie, you know, really they're taking it all the way back to the offseason. Hey, you know, Durant signed this extension, and if things don't work out, we'll work with you, yada, yada. So they had some idea, I'm sure. But to still pull this off in under a week from the time that the Kyrie trade happened and the Kyrie request happened, to get two young wings who defend, rebound, shoot, and, and can do a little bit with the ball – and that are young, and by the way, four unprotected first round picks, right? And, and you know, you you got the haul you you needed, and especially for this to get it at the trade deadline is pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Phoenix gave up real stuff. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a Mikael Bridges isn't that good. Cam Johnson isn't that good. But let's be honest. How many All Star games are they going to have between them when their careers are all said and done? The over under is like four and a half. I, I might take the under on that. I don't know that. There are multi-time all-stars between those two guys. And again, it's not not about them being bad. It's just about the, the types of players they are and what their ceiling is. And this is Kevin freaking Durant, man. This isn't this isn't Rudy Gobert. This isn't DeJounte Murray. This isn't, you know, who who might be next? Uh Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, guys like that. This is Kevin Durant. This is a I keep saying top 15. I think I had him 11th or 12th on my all-time ranking I did over the summer. And like you said, this is immediate puts you in title contention, right? Because Phoenix, despite a big, uh, I think, I don't know if it was January or December that they really hit a free fall, but, but despite that, they are fifth in the West right now. You mentioned Sacramento's above them. Dallas, they're actually tied with right now, 30 and 26, both teams. Um, Memphis is free falling. Denver's really that only team that has separated themselves. And they're, they're good. I really like Denver. But you got Kevin Durant now, man. You you you're gonna walk in anywhere and be the favorite with those guys. Um, 
So there, there's no price that is too much. Even if you had told me they traded Aiton, and you're like, okay, maybe they're not title contenders this year because they have to build around them, it's still a good deal because it's Kevin Durant. And I know in two years, Chris Paul could be retired, Kevin Durant could be hurt again, and it might not look that great. But they've significantly increased their title odds. And that's what all of this is about. What, what I ultimately came down to uh, when I was you know, doing my self-therapy on, on Twitter, tweeting all this stuff out was, why do you, why do you build a good team? Where, right? Why do you do this smart build of a team? Hit on the draft picks in, in the you know, 9 through 14 range, right? Why do you hit on those? Why do you sign a veteran like Chris Paul? Why do you make savvy moves for years and years and years? It can't be that every year we have a homegrown created champion. It's not, we're not going to get the Golden State Warriors every year. And even then, guess what? A couple of those titles came with also trading for or, or signing Kevin freaking Durant. But even the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, okay, Chris Middleton cast off from Detroit. They, they, you know, develop him. Giannis, we're looking at grainy, basically YMCA tapes and bringing him over and developing him. But they go trade for Drew Holiday. They go get Brooke Lopez, right? You, you eventually have to capitalize on your assets and whether that's draft picks or players and go get a guy. Now, you could look at the other side of it and look at what Brooklyn did, D'Angelo Russell, um, uh, Kenny Atkinson, those teams. That was a lot of fun. They mortgaged all that for you know Durant, Irving, James Harden. That didn't work out, obviously. But this is different because you have the incumbent guys who it's their team still, right? Durant and Kyrie came in and said, this is our team now. We're doing this, this, and this. Trade these guys, trade those guys. Joe Harris is really the only guy from that team that that is still there. He's not telling Durant and Kyrie what their culture is like in Brooklyn. Durant's going to Phoenix, first off, without Kyrie. That's good. Second of all, Booker and Paul and Aiton and Monty Williams were in the finals, right, just two years ago. Durant's here to push them over the edge, not completely reset the whole team. So that was my long-winded rant. At, again, at the end of the day, this is a top 15 player of all time. This is huge. This is extremely significant. Four draft picks and in alternating years, right? You're still going to have draft picks. This isn't this isn't the Brooklyn Nets Boston Celtics trade. You know, we have these alternating picks now for a reason. Um four draft picks and two nice young wing players, good young wing players. Yeah. You, go go do it. Go go try to win a championship in the next 2 years. Um those are my very uh, abbreviated thoughts. I could brain on this for hours, but but we're not going to. Anything else for you on, on Suns Nets? Maybe on the Nets side, you know, yeah, uh-huh. a fun, nice, young, rebuilding team at this point. Um, anything over there? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't see them, you know, wanting to compete for really, I mean, I'm sure they'll try, but really they're, you know, probably will be in the plan. And then after that, I, I think, they can reevaluate where they want to head. But, uh, you know, those first round picks are great because they give up a lot for, for James Harden uh, to only get, you know, Ben Simmons. And and um, I, I forget the full contents of that deal, but they didn't get everything that they, that they gave right. up. Um, right. and they gave up a lot of those first round picks to, to, um, to Houston. So um, definitely helps them to, to get back to where they were, but really they're, they kind of reset and, or where they were before Katie and Kyrie came, but probably worse <laughs> uh, than they are. Um, I, I think one last thing on the sun side is TJ Warren, you know, that's my guy. Um, oh yeah, man. Absolutely. From the bubble. And I think that adds some depth too, as, as yeah. Katie recovers. Um, I, I think that's a nice, uh, nice role player to, to add into the rotation as well. Won't be as, as volatile as Mikhail Bridges, but I think uh, definitely still, still, um, so good addition of the team. And he was, I mean, he was in Phoenix and some of those, uh, right. those, those fun years between the, the Nash teams and, and the, the really good Booker teams. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, and yeah, I, I mean, when he went to Brooklyn, I was like, this is a guy that's going to play in the playoffs. And, and I think mm-hmm. he can still have an impact like that for sure. Um, for me in Brooklyn, yeah, they're kind of back where they started. You, you do look back and like, ah, oh, man, 
not having Jared Allen is going to be the real bummer, but you have Nick right. Claxton now. You have good pieces and, and you have a, a direction to go in. But yeah, they're currently the fifth seed, 32 and 22. Miami is just, I'm trying to do this math, two and a half games behind them. New York looks like about three and a half games behind them, three games maybe. Um, yeah, they're probably going to end up slipping into the play-in and then, you know, whatever happens, go from there. My last question for you on Brooklyn, and this is completely opinion-based, and it's, I think it's kind of a fun question. Um, if you're Sean Marks and you're Joe Sy, the owner, and you're Jacques Vaughn, who is who? Who is the head coach in Brooklyn now? Because of Durant and, and Irving, by the way, uh, Nash, Nash is sitting somewhere, either mfing those guys for getting fired and like ruining. You know, Nash never wants to coach again now. I'm sure. Right. So he's like, you guys just ruined any love or joy I would have had for coaching, and now I'll never do it again. And now you're gone. Or he's sitting there like laughing his butt off. But anyways, if you're those guys, if you're the powers that be in Brooklyn. Do you think about all those players you now have and all those draft picks and say, oh, yeah, the next big name that wants to come here, we'll we'll trade it all for him? Or are you like, we're never doing that again? Everybody's a draft pick now. We're, we're building this from the ground up here. I think they have to go with the latter. Uh, just thinking about the power that KD and Kyrie both had. And, you know, the I think – I, I would hope that they have uh, lessons learned from that, from this experience that uh, I mean, you even see it kind of in LA with LeBron and him making mm -hmm. those decisions. And, you know, again, those are, those are superstars. Those are franchise players. And, you know um, they think they know what's best, but uh, and I know sometimes it's hard to say no. Um, but I think uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we have to, we have to put a, put an end to, to some of these moves. Um something it, it can't be what it was and i i say that knowing that this will kind of continue elsewhere but i think at least in, in brooklyn i think they've learned their lesson um to kind of maybe build from the ground up and then if there is a superstar franchise player that wants to come um they come on like brooklyn's terms rather than let's take this whole franchise hostage for for my demands that's the correct answer that's the smart answer right you still do it because i still say that trading for or, or signing Durant Irving wasn't a mistake because again you do all this stuff so you can get mm -hmm. the star players in but yeah it was everything after right it was what they how they handled it after so the correct answer is the right answer is yes they still do it they do it again and they just learn from it and do better my answer though is th those guys are gonna wait a couple of years man <laughs> they're gonna be right like, we're we're not doing cat we're not doing Trey Young uh or that the very next young guy who's unhappy no we're let's let's take a little break or else we're all gonna burn out <laughs> and just be just be done with this job um you mentioned the lakers and lebron let's hit some of these laker moves because yeah. they had a they had a good trade deadline man yeah. I, I don't I think it's anything good. that lebron is like really pumping his fist at or anything i don't think he now feels like he can stop tweeting uh emo emo bron stuff <laughs> but um it they were good moves and, and right. i think he would still recognize that he's a smart guy and, and these are legitimately good moves. So let's start with the three team trade Lakers, Wolves, Jazz. Lakers got three legitimate role players from Utah and D'Angelo Russell, Michael Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Um, and all they had to do was trade one of those first round picks, the 2027. And I believe it was lottery protected. And if yes, it doesn't convey four. in the first yeah. year, it goes immediately to the second round pick in 2017. So that's awesome. They still have their 2019 pick to play with in the off season. If they want to make a different move, um, because Russell is a free agent after this season, mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell Beasley has a team option. So they, they could just uh, wipe him clean from the slate. And then Vanderbilt, I think be a free agent or he's still on a rookie deal. So either way, he's, he, they, they have a pretty easy path to not have to spend too much on him. Um, so they could still have cap space and a 2019 first-round pick to play with this offseason. Um, looking at some of the other aspects of this trade, obviously Russell Westbrook is going out. He's going to Utah. That's pretty funny um, because obviously <laughs> Westbrook had the uh, issue with the Utah Jazz fan in the stands. Right. Um, I haven't seen anything yet about Westbrook going to have a buyout or get waived or anything like that. I just assumed that that was what was going to happen right. in the deal. 
Um, but I haven't seen anything on that yet. So we'll we'll see what what happens if he ends up. If he end, I can't imagine they want him to play right, right after they're building this like fun young team out there. <laughs> I can't. Larry Markkinen's the best player on the team. I can't imagine them being like, you know what, Westbrook, come on in and just like, you know, do your thing, bulldoze right through everything that we're doing here. I can't imagine that happening. Um, and then the Timberwolves get Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, and and I, th- I believe some second round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, I don't know who I feel more bad for in this trade. It's probably Mike Conley, like. You know, he was he saw this stuff come across the wire, and he was like, "Am I going to the Lakers? Am I going to the Lakers?" And like, "Nah, buddy, you're going to Minnesota." Um, take this, take this specific deal. We'll talk about the other Lakers deals in a minute here. Take yeah. this trade, attack it from any angle. What sticks out to you? Yeah, I think you tweeted it out last night. I don't think any of the players are involved are are very happy with any of uh, of where they ended up. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure, uh, Russell still has some, some negative memories of his time in LA oh, yeah. towards the end of his, his time there. He had the whole scandal with Swaggy P, right? Where yeah, he yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that, that, that's just very, <laughs> but I just find that all, all pretty funny. Um, but I think, uh, looking at the Lakers, I think they got two great shooters in, in Russell and, and Malik Beasley, and then they mm-hmm. got off Russell Westbrook who I think uh, the the night of LeBron breaking the record, you know, pretty much sealed his fate um, at, at halftime where he's, he's yelling at the coach and being disgruntled. And um, I, you know, I'm a huge Russ guy. I stopped defending him years ago. Uh, but I think, you know, he, he adds a lot of um, athleticism and, and uh, energy. And I think his dedication to the game is, is admirable. I think just wasn't a good fit in LA. And I think um, a lot of the turnovers were costly and he was very stubborn. So um, I think his time was, was, was definitely up. Um, and, and I, but I think, yeah, this move immediately moves up the Lakers um, with, with those three players. Um, and then looking at the Timberwolves, I think getting Mike Conley is, is a huge veteran presence um, mm-hmm. for a mostly young team. Um, I think him playing a, uh, alongside Anthony Edwards is, is going to be pretty fun um, to, yeah. to kind of hopefully in, in a similar relationship that Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker had. I think they, they can definitely have um, the same, um, a similar relationship. Um, and then looking at the Jazz, I think, you know, they get another first round pick, you know, um, I, I, right. yeah, I don't know <laughs> that they really care about what players they're getting, but they're really stockpiling those picks. So um, I think it was a, a win all around. Um, for each of these teams, um, so yeah, and and the Jazz they did get a couple of nice young players still. I I don't think right. anybody right. you know to to Vanderbilt or or Beasley or Russell's kind of mm-hmm. um, caliber, but Juan Toscano Anderson we've seen make plays right. in the playoffs. Damian Jones stuck around with the Warriors for a couple of years and and has had some you know some flashes. So still some interesting young players, but yeah, they get a first round pick four years from now for the Lakers who might not have any of these guys at that point. So right. that's always great. Um, Mike Conley to the Timberwolves. I'm just so nervous about, I was so nervous about the Minnesota dynamic last or, or going into this season. And, and I don't know if Conley is going to have the presence to really change it. I think, but I think to all respect, I don't think this is going to be like a, a NFL's at the top of mind now. I don't think this is going to be a Russell Wilson Nobody listens to him deal because it's just like, ah, whatever, the, the corny veteran, we're not going to listen to him. I right. think everyone's going to like him, but I don't think he's going to come in and, and necessarily fix a lot of stuff for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they were kind of doomed from the beginning. They're currently the eighth seed, two games over 500. We'll see what happens for them moving forward. But for the Lakers, this is huge. I mean, right. n- none of these players are to the caliber, like we said, that LeBron would have wanted this offseason or this this trade deadline. But all of them are the right role. All of them have the right skill set for what this team needs. Russell is a secondary creator that can play off of LeBron, and he can also be a spot-up shooter. Um, Malik Beasley is a bona fide sharpshooter, man, just sniper. And this team hasn't had a real capital S shooter in a long, long, long time, it feels like. Danny Um, Green? yeah i know like you're you're thinking about like uh who are the best shooters in that bubble team danny green 
not, not really Kyle Rondo? Kuzma. Contain- Rondo, <laughs> playoff Rondo is probably right. the best shooter LeBron's played with in Los Angeles. That's crazy to say. But yeah, it's probably true. Um, so here we are. Uh, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a, a fantastic fit. I'm really, really excited for that. Um, and, and Jared Vanderbilt is a guy that solves the AD at center problem because you can play those two together and offensively, and, and you know, in a lot of aspects, defensively. Anthony Davis is your center, but Vanderbilt's a guy that's still gonna bang around and do the dirty work. It's not gonna be sticking a stretch four out there who can't get into the paint and do stuff. So I think, I think that's going to be a great fit as well. I I really like those three again, not the caliber player. So I don't know how far it's going to take them, but I think the product is going to be a lot better. And I think it's essentially a tryout for those three guys to kind of see, okay, do we want to invest in any of you kind of long-term, you know, moving forward as we try to build this thing back up and looking up Vanderbilt's contract situation currently, Oh, do, do, do he has, he's on, he's under contract for next year for less than 5 million bucks. So, mm-hmm. um, very little financial capital invested in these three guys, uh, as of next year, they keep Beasley and Vanderbilt for less than 20 mil next season. Um, we know that they're probably going to be good fit. So we'll see what happens to look at the other Lakers trades. We'll, we'll hit both of them kind of at the same time. Cause they're kind of uh-huh. corresponding the, the Lakers sent, I love this one, Thomas Bryant to the nuggets uh for i think just a couple second round picks essentially you know ones that got traded out later on in the day um but i the the nugget pun pun not intended uh that i loved was bryant was unhappy with his role in la because of anthony davis coming back and i love thomas bryant but buddy i don't care that you didn't like your role right and they just sent you off and all they had to do was then in a corresponding move trade Patrick Beverly in a second round pick and get Mo Bamba. It's like, all right, Thomas, like you might not think that there's a lot of six ten centers that can shoot threes and, and rebound a little bit. Uh, we'll just, whatever, we'll just go get Mo Bamba and <laughs> um, we'll put him in there instead of you. So uh, my, my note from these on the nugget side, they they've needed to find a legitimate backup center. Uh, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan has been in and out of the lineup and they've been trying to figure something out. So that's good for them. I do like Thomas Bryant. Um, I love the fact that Beverly got traded. Uh, I love the fact that Beverly tweeted the gang, the fans <laughs> back together, or the gangs back together about him and D'Angelo Russell. And then like an hour later, he got traded. And he tweeted that uh, Woj was bodying Shams. Right, and Shams yeah. was the one that tweeted. That yeah, got I traded. love it. It's so great, man. Beverly's just, he's the worst. Um, These next five years are mine. <laughs> the, and I forgot about this one, the press conference going into this season. Uh-huh. Someone was like, you get to play with LeBron and AD this year. How do you feel? And he's like, they get to play with me. And it's just right. like, nah, man, stop. Um, so yeah, that's great. So uh, the, the last real note I had here, or a fun note, is that Cole Anthony and Pat Beverly might legitimately fight uh in orlando it might be at practice behind closed doors it might be on the court in the middle of a game who knows so uh you know uh, for primetime watch right there but you know around vanderbilt beasley and russell the lakers add um uh bring in bring in mo bamba and kind of you know addition by subtraction right get beverly out get westbrook out these guys aren't doing what we needed them to do um and yeah they they lose brian in the process but they bring in mo bamba so Overall, for the Lakers, you know, I don't think we have to talk about the Magic getting Beverly or, or the Nuggets getting Thomas Bryant, but overall for the Lakers, Mo Bamba, um, and, and so, some a little bit of draft capital in addition to those guys. Where do you think they can get to this year? And I mean, that's a loaded question. That's hard to answer. But they're right. currently 13th in the West. They're 25 and 30, but they're two games out of the loss column of the play-in at 10, and right. they're just. <sighs> two and a half, three games out from the eight seed Minnesota. So right. can they make a little run here with it, with these moves? Yeah, I, I think it'll take some time to, for them to gel. Um, but I think having uh, Russell Westbrook out, uh, I think the, the the chemistry there definitely wasn't gelling. Something was up with AD. So I, I don't know what that was on, on LeBron's big night yeah. mm-hmm. on the bench. So something's going on in, in that locker room, but Darvin Ham seems to have had a, a positive impact. So I would say once they get that chemistry back, 
Um, I, I think they can easily make a push for a top six seed. Um, I, I probably somewhere between four to six, I would say probably, it's probably their ceiling um, with this roster. I just, I, I, you know, I think they made some moves, but I don't think they've made enough moves. Um, AD still isn't durable from, you know, we, we don't have the evidence yet to, to see that he can play consistently at a high level, um, without injury. Um, I, you know, LeBron still got it, of course. Um, but I mean, all that to say, they just need those two guys, LeBron and AD and the shooters to really make their shots and they can really, you know, they, they can make, make any series competitive. So, um, so yeah, I would say their ceiling is probably four to six. Um, and then I, but I honestly see them out on a second round, um, probably at the latest. Um, and one note I'll add about Thomas Bryant is I think they traded him because he called for, for a pass <laughs> on LeBron's play. <laughs> on his historic shot, you can see him just waving his hand, going for the ball. <laughs> Oh, I love it. TB, yeah, come back to Washington at some point, man. It'd be great. Right. Last, My last note on the Lakers, let's just remember that bubble championship, they didn't do it with three stars. They did it with two stars and role players around. Like you said, they need those two guys and some shooters, some defenders. It's what this team is now. Not saying they're going to win championship, but I think we'll see the best version or the closest to the best version of this Lakers team that we've seen since then. Uh, let's move on here. Let's hit these other... Kind of smaller trades. They came pretty rapid fire in the last few hours. A lot of additions to the trades. You know, you get the tweets during the day. You feel like there's like 15, 20 trades happening. It's really about 10 to 12, but just a lot of lot of pieces, a lot of moving parts to them. So we'll start with uh, the Knicks and the Trailblazers. Basically, the deal is Josh Hart is going to New York for a couple players. Uh, you know, Portland is getting Cam Reddish, Ryan, Archie Diacono, and Svi Mikhailuk. Um, here are my notes for Portland. Obviously, you know, Cam Reddish is a guy that everybody wants to kind of take the turn to kick the tires on. Um, Portland has tried this in the past with guys like Rodney Hood, uh, you know, bringing a young, talented guy, see if we, for cheap, see if we can make him fit around Dame. Um, Archie Diakno is kind of just throwing. My note on Sfima Kyluk, I have a, I have a trivia question for you about him. Has any NBA player gotten more run after wearing a boxy white t-shirt under his college jersey than Svima Kailu? Yes or no? <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> There's no. The answer is easily no. And it's not even the J.J. Redick. If you go back, look at J.J. Redick. At uh -huh. Duke, it's like a semi-muscle shirt, right? It's like clearly right. a t-shirt he bought at Walmart and just like kind of cut the sleeves a little bit. Um uh, Mikhailu is was wearing check it out his Kansas his Kansas pictures rocking like a double XL cotton t-shirt with the sleeves all the way down to his elbows it's hilarious um Portland's also getting a 2023 lottery protected first round pick um this is good you know good for them and and for New York they got four first round picks just during the 2022 draft um from, from various teams. So they had ammunition to play with. They get Josh Hart, who's going to be a great fit in New York. Tibbs is going to love him. His defense is rebounding. And uh, Jalen Brunson, you know, college teammates. He's super excited to have him back on uh, back with him. Um, what were your thoughts on this Knicks and Blazers trade? Yeah, I think, uh, like you were mentioning with Cam Reddish, he's, you know, I think he just has so, he had so much potential coming into the league. Um, and I think there goes the, uh, <laughs> The team up in New York with Zion, uh, and Sam, um, which is a bummer, but uh, but yeah, I think I think he'll be a good addition uh, to the Trailblazers. I just don't know that um, this trade really moves the needle for for either of the teams too much. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like you mentioned, it'll it'll be interesting to see Hart's fit in New York, uh, especially on that defensive presence. Absolutely, moving right on up here, we've got Raptors and Spurs. Uh, the Raptors get Jakob Pertl back in the Great White North for Kim Birch, a 2024 first-round pick and two second-round picks. So the Spurs are really just racking up the draft assets here. Jakob Pertl back to Toronto. They've been looking for a center, but they, you know, interestingly enough, don't end up trading OG Ananobi. They they end up being buyers, not sellers. What did you think about Toronto's day? 
If you really want to dig into Jakob Pertl, feel free. If you want to talk more about OG and just the fact that they didn't uh, end up trading away any any players, you can hit that too. Yeah, I, I really thought that something was going to happen with Toronto. So that it was just interesting that um, this was the only move, right, that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would have been, been nice to see them make some sort of move. I think they're kind of in a no-man's-land situation right here. Like, sure, you can compete for a play-in spot or a top-six seed, I guess, but like, really, what are you, what are you aiming for this year? And so, I, I mean, they have a great coach in Nick Nurse. I think a great fan base, but I think at some point they have to retool and, 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 and do something, blow it up or, you know, you know, make, make a splash. So um, yeah, I think just a little bit underwhelmed at, at kind of what, what their strategy is, if, if they have a strategy, uh, which might just be right out the season. And even weirder than the OG stuff, Fred Van Vliet is still there, Gary Tran is still, like just everybody's still there. So it's not that they just made some smaller moves. Yeah, not not doing anything is definitely a little weird. You you do wonder. But with a guy like Masai Ujiri running that team, Mm -hmm. you're you're hoping that there's something around the corner. So we'll just wait and see. Moving on around here, uh, still kind of going back to Portland a little bit. They're just trying to get these these young wings to play some defense, I guess, for this team between Dame and, and Yusuf Nurkic. They go get Matisse Thybul, uh from Philadelphia, and Philly gets Jalen McDaniels, a, a more versatile offensive weapon with some length uh, from Charlotte. Involved in that was the speed Makai Lugan and a couple second-round picks kind of also thrown in, so that was all kind of together. Um, but, but Matisse Thybul. Never really took off in Philly other than, you know, I think it was his rookie year and became uh, sensationalized to the fan base. But they get a more versatile offensive weapon in Philly, um, keep some defensive potential with the length, and Portland's getting a defender. What do you think about this one? Uh, yeah, I think um, Philly really won this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, adding in Jalen McDaniels into that rotation, I think is definitely a boost over Thibel and I don't know how they got two first or second round picks in this deal as well. So uh, I think they're the clear winners. Um, I think something else that I just noticed throughout the day is just everyone was setting out second round picks. And it made second rounders are out of control. <laughs> we're My like, yeah. We're just like, you know, where we're we really using these second round picks for anyway. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. They were They were flying everywhere today. Isuf Sanan is still out there somewhere. Isuf, I'm waiting on you, buddy. It's been eight years. I don't even I don't even remember which draft that was. Uh, gosh, uh-huh. that. Anyways, before I get into too dark and depressing a place, let's move on here. Um, back to Brooklyn. They reroute Jay Crowder to the Milwaukee Bucks. That that's a good fit. Uh, kind of the PJ Tucker replacement right. um, from a couple years ago that they never fully replaced. Indiana's involved in this deal. Your Indiana Pacers get George Hill back in the building. Everything's great. Um, Serge Ibaka also comes in the deal. A couple second round picks. Jordan Noir. Serge is probably on his way out. Looks like he's going to get waived or uh, something. Um, Jay Crowder to the Bucks is that interesting? George Hill to the Pacers is that interesting? What What do you got? Yeah, man, I love George Hill. I'm glad to see him back. <laughs> uh, I think I think he's a. a Indiana is actually his hometown uh, or Indianapolis. So, mm-hmm. so it's great to have him back. I don't know um, what his role will be on this team. Um, and, you know, again, what, what our identity is for now. So it'll be interesting uh, to see. I think I am excited about um, Jay Crowder in Milwaukee. Um, I don't know. I don't know how the team will kind of buy into him. Um, I think he's a great veteran presence, but um, he kind of quit on his team for the past six yeah. months. So um, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how he gels with the other guys, especially on a team that's already won the championship. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be that'll be interesting. But excited for us. We get George Hill back for however long. Um, I know he's he's a shell of himself from the 2010 Pacer teams, but um, but it'll be nice to see him again. Yeah, Jay Crowder, that, that's a great point. I think everyone's going to give him the benefit of the doubt just because of the success he's had on these really high-level teams. But I do mm-hmm. think it'll mean also it, there's a short leash. But I, I think once he starts playing again, you know, he gets on the court, 
He's so competitive. I don't think there's going to be an issue. But yeah, if there if there's one hint at him not being all the way in, not being bought in, then I think they're going to be they're going to be out on him pretty quick. Moving along right. here, Denver trades Bones Highland, the fun athletic scoring guard, uh, to the Clippers for two second round picks. Um, this was one that about a month ago I feel like started hearing some stuff that oh yeah they're going to try to move on from him, get someone that's a little more playoff ready. They end up not being able to get a veteran and just settle on two picks, but. From everything I was reading, it seems like they were just whatever they could get. They were happy to move on from him, kind of addition by subtraction. He left the game early uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think the January 22nd game um, I, I was reading. And some of the veterans were reportedly like pretty upset, went to the coaching staff about it. So it just seems like they were ready to to move on from this young guy. The Clippers, they've been looking for a new point guard. We'll talk about them uh, in a little bit, but uh they they get a young scoring guard that they liked in the draft. Yep. What do you think about this move from from either side? Yeah, I think I think it's good from uh for a chemistry standpoint for Denver. And then I think um Clippers, we'll talk about it. Um look like they're ready to move on from John Wall. So I mean, I th- I think that, that <laughs> I think that this kind of solves uh solves their problem as well. But and especially if there's an injury to Paul George, um, I think uh, you know, I, I think it adds a little bit of depth um to the clippers absolutely yeah they uh trey man has been playing point guard or not trey man uh who am i talking about terrence man yes anyways uh it's late <laughs> oh i was like the trey man that's not it uh they, yeah they've been experimenting with the point guard position for a while now so uh, we'll see what he uh brings in bones highland that is to the clippers moving on uh three-team trade that kind of became a four-team trade pistons hawks blazers warriors james wiseman on his way to detroit sadiq bay from detroit on his way to atlanta um also from detroit kevin knox going all the way to portland five second round picks that i believe are coming from atlanta are going to portland for gary payton the second to go back to golden state after all of this um so essentially golden state gave up James Wiseman and they're getting Gary Payton the second uh Portland is giving up Gary Payton the second getting a bunch of second round picks Sadiq Bay is going to the Hawks um Sadiq Bay I was a little surprised about but again catching up reading some stuff seemed like similar to Bones Highland they were just ready to move on wasn't going to be a great fit moving forward uh Warriors give up on James Wiseman that's tough but uh probably a little a little late you know for them to do that as well Pistons now have like four centers that are all under 25, but they really liked Wiseman coming out. And, you know, uh, some sources within the team apparently were telling, uh, uh, let's see, I have his credit here, James Edwards III of The Athletic, that they still, they like Wiseman's ceiling better than, uh, better than Sadiq Bay. So that was pretty much all they needed to know. And the Warriors, they get Gary Payton the second back as they try to make another playoff and, and championship push. What do you think about this move? A lot, a lot of little things to unpack here in this one. Yeah, I, I think it was time to to give up on the the James Wiseman experiment. I, I think it it's been really tough. I mean, my guy got a ring, so I think he's pretty happy. Um, but yeah, hopefully things can kind of turn around in um in Detroit. Um, but I, I think Sadiq Bay was a was a loss for for the Pistons. I I really liked him and in the yeah. way that he played and gelled. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he plays with alongside Trey Young too. Um, to see see that team. Um, and, and see if that that uh moves the needle at all for um uh, for the Hawks. Um, to see if that 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 can jolt them um up in the standings um and then for the Warriors to get Gary Payton back I think he was a a central part of that that championship team last year so um so yeah I I think um I I think it is an overall good deal um but I think it is a bummer for the Pistons to lose out on Bay yeah initially when this tweet came out it it came out as essentially Wiseman for Bay straight up and I loved it for Golden State right yeah a six nine shooter get him back to his form as rookie year when he was just a spot up shooter and a defender. Um, I thought that would have been perfect, you know, but getting Gary Payton second back who obviously it didn't work out that contract in, in Portland uh, dealt with injuries and then just never really found a role. You, he knows he's going to have a good role in golden state and, you know, they get him. basically moving Wiseman allowed them to retain Payton 
and stay under or at least get a more reasonable luxury tax bill because that was why they couldn't retain them in the offseason. Um, so now they have them back they, and, and they, they are going to try and get right back to it. So we'll see what happens for them. The last big one, we, we alluded to it earlier, essentially a four-teamer, Clippers, Rockets, Hornets, and Grizzlies all involved in this one. Uh, Danny Green is going to the Rockets. We'll see how that goes. Maybe he can provide a bit of a veteran presence or get bought out. Um, Eric Gordon and three second-round picks going to the Clippers. Eric Gordon back going back to the team that drafted him 15 years ago. Uh, Reggie Jackson is going to Charlotte, probably going to get bought out. Mason Plumley is going to the Clippers to kind of play that backup center role. Um, they lost Isaiah Harkenstein in, in the free agency, so that is someone that they're excited to get. And Luke Kennard is going to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, John Wall it did, yes, get sent to Houston, uh, which is just, it's just so, uh, I need a minute. It's just so messed up, man. Uh, if you listen to his interview he did on Theo Pinson's podcast a couple of weeks ago, he just just trashed the Rockets team. Um, he hated it there. He was miserable. He was so upset. Um, and, and yeah, he's going to get bought out. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, come come on back to DC, John. Um, <laughs> gosh, I would be so excited. But to even even knowing you're not going to stay there for that to be the team that when this thing with the Clippers didn't work out to get sent back to is just that's that's miserable. But anyway, you want to attack this. Um, you know the Clippers obviously trading their two veteran point guards and they're running with the young guys at point guard, getting Eric. Gor- you know they're they're swapping out Luke Kennard essentially for Eric Gordon, who's right. much older but one less deal year on his contract and they're getting three second round picks Memphis going from Danny green, who wasn't in the rotation to Luke Kennard, a shooter, a young guy that kind of fell out of the Clippers rotation was never in it consistently because of his defensive liabilities. Any way you want to attack this, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the Clippers, uh, you know, even though Eric Gordon is older, I think is a, is an upgrade. Um, and adds a veteran presence, uh, to, to that roster. Um, that uh, I think uh, can go along well with Kawhi and Paul George when they're all playing. Um, and again, adds adds some more depth to, to that team. Um, I think with uh, with Memphis, I like Luke Kennard in, in, um, yeah. in, in some of those playoff series that they've had. Um, so I, I think uh, I think that could be a, a good fit with that team, although just looking at the Grizzlies and, and how they've been, it'll be interesting to see how he fits into that culture. Um, probably be something to, to look out for. Um, Did you just say he <laughs> might be too white? Is that what just happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that might be it. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel, I feel, I feel real bad for, for John Wall, um, but I'm hoping that, that he does get bought out and then like can join like a Miami or, or somewhere that, mm-hmm. that um, could, could use that veteran presence um, off the bench. So um, yeah, I'm not really sure Danny Green's impact on, on Houston, really um, a, a team that's really tanking. So, uh, so yeah, a little, be, a little like Mike Conley, like they'll be like, right. yeah, Danny, sure. That's nice, man. We, yeah. You got that ring. Oh, good, man. That's great. Right. I'm going to do whatever I want. You, you just go <laughs> sit back over there, old man. Um, yeah, no, nothing here that like screams out is going to make a huge impact at the end of the day, but it is just interesting because uh, I know I put so much stock in the Clippers getting John Wall and between him uh-huh. and Reggie Jackson, you know, okay, there's their point guard, boom, go. And, and it just to completely be moved on from it. Luke Kennard, I think, I think the Clippers, when they made the trade for him, signed the deal with him, were hoping he'd have a bigger role. And yeah, he just can't hang for. 25 minutes a night he is a he is a shooter he's a eighth or ninth man he's a hey in the playoffs he's good for this matchup but not this matchup and they just had too much invested him in him i think for that whereas the grizzlies so many young guys they can eat the contract a little bit and they have so many guys that can cover up for him um i think i think it'll meet the right expectations that's that's really the only explanation i can come with because yeah i think you can get one of the best spot up shooters in the league on a playoff team. That's, that's a good deal. Um, and then the very last thing we don't even have to talk about it. It was just one of the last ones that came across the wire. Phoenix did replenish their wing depth a little bit. Darius Baisley got him from the, from the thunder. Um, I did like that one. I like Baisley six, eight, you know, two ten shooter. He had a nice year with Oklahoma city when they had the three guards all together, Schroeder, Paul 
and Shea. So uh, that, you know, we'll see. You probably won't do too much, but just to replenish some of that wing depth trading, all those guys for KD. Um, and that's the trade deadline. Mohammed, did, did you enjoy this deadline? Did it kind of, did it, you know, start off hot and kind of cool down for you? Are you also upset that it's overtaking some Super Bowl attention right now? Or how how'd you feel about this deadline? Yeah, man, it was a lot. I think uh, I struggled to keep up. I was at work uh, today in the office and, you know, I, I couldn't stop looking at my phone. So <laughs> I tried to chat with some folks. Um, I work with uh, with a lot of um, non-NBA fans. So I was like, oh, you know, the NBA trade deadline. And then, you know, someone responded to me. Uh, I, I asked the group, I was like, oh, does anybody keep up with the NBA? And they were like, I'm barely hanging on to the Super Bowl. And I was like, all right, I've lost the room. Uh, so I, I think it was just very hard for me to to convey my excitement. And I was like, you know, like Kevin Durant just got traded and pretty much like, who was that? You know, so <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it, was, it was a struggle. So um, I think overall it is very exhilarating, kind of like a, a reason why I, I love the sport. Um but yeah, I, I think it it was just a little frustrating. I feel like you know the Super Bowls in what like seventy two hours and yeah, um, completely distracted uh, from it. So, uh, but I think you know there's still enough time Friday Saturday to get really get excited for it. But uh, yeah, I think it was good. Um, I do wish it was a week after, um, closer to the All Star break, um, mm-hmm. where really the NBA can start ramping up um, after uh, the NFL's uh, cycle ends. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm 100% with you. It, it was definitely fun. Uh, KD being traded, again, huge, huge, huge. We had to do this podcast after. Like you, I only had my eight-month-old daughter to talk to during the day <laughs> about the trades. She's not quite there yet for that conversation, but she she's – I will say this for her. She's already almost where your coworkers are, so I'll give her that. Um so I'm happy we could do this. I'm happy we for for the listeners, for Muhammad and I, we are happy we could get a, a good trade deadline one day, one evening. We get it out in a podcast, less than 45 minutes, I hope. Um, and now we're going to be done. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Super Bowl, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Super Bowl recaps. Um, and then we can focus on the N- NBA after that. Um, for the Super Bowl content, everybody, please listen to the episode from earlier today with Ben Parker. Uh, really good stuff from him on that. Uh, check out the Phantom Football podcast. We did an NFL preview and we did an NFL award show. Our the first annual Phantom Football podcast award show um, came out on Monday morning, and some of those winners are getting leaked now by Ian Rappaport. So check out, see how we did compared to the fan and uh, the the regular NFL votes. And then odds on favorite. I was on that podcast this week doing some props and and some lines for the Super Bowl. Uh, with with Ben Parker and Robertson Vier and some other people, so check all those out. Let's get back to talking football after you've listened to this podcast. Uh, we'll finish out the NFL season, then we'll hit the NBA hard. Muhammad, thanks again for coming on, man. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for Ant Man. Uh, everybody else, thank you all so much again for listening. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hope you like the trade deadline. Uh, go on and have fun and be safe out there.